Welcome to the Fierce Mothers podcast, where we help black and brown women find guidance and inspiration every week. We are so excited to have you listen in. I'm your host, Gochi Onyewu. Today, I am talking to Somachi Kachiku. Somachi is an experienced educator who has worked in various roles to build and strengthen the education sector internationally. Soma is currently the curriculum director at Phoenix TS, where she spearheads the planning, design, development, implementation, and delivery of 21st century curriculum for the company's clients. Before this, she worked as a development specialist at Chemonics International and a program manager at the National Universities Commission, Nigeria. Soma is also the founder of Gifted Minds Academy and the Learning Box International, both educational consulting firms. She has a Bachelor of Arts in Women's Studies with a minor in Global Economics a postgraduate diploma in educational leadership, and a Master of Arts in Gender Studies and International Development. Currently, Soma is pursuing a doctorate in education, focusing on improving access to education in rural communities. Somachi is also a children's book author and co-founder of the Books and Desserts Book Club. Now, what I loved about this episode is how open and vulnerable Soma is about her challenges of raising four boys as a single mother. Despite it all, she exudes such joy and contentment. If you need encouragement, this episode is just what you need. Hi, Soma. It's so nice to talk to you. How are you? I'm great. Hi, good morning. I'm <laughs> yeah. good. I've been so excited about this. I'm yeah. like, oh. <laughs> it's going to be great. I've been super excited. I'm so happy to get you in the guest chair, as they call it. So I've told the audience all about you, just a brief introduction. But what I'd love for you to do is give your own introduction, tell the audience a little bit about you, where you were born, what part of Nigeria are you from, what was life growing up? Just tell us a little bit about you. We'd love to hear. Okay. Well, my name is Somachi Kachiku. I'm first of my name. Yes. So anybody that's older (laughs) than me and your name is Somachi, let's meet in court. But (laughs) I'm first of my name and I was born in Houston, Texas. But it's one of those Places you're born that really doesn't define you. Mm. I've grown up in Nigeria for most of my life, even though I've I went to school here. I grew up in Enugu, but I'm from away. And I think that's what defines me the most. Because even though we grew up in Enugu, we were in the village every weekend. So I'm that village girl. Like yeah. I'm that's Umba Oweri. I'm that yes. little girl. Yeah. Like that, I think in terms of identity, I think that's what identify what I identify with the most is that I'm an Igbo girl, a weary girl, yeah. proudly village girl, because I just spent a lot of time in my village, Emikuku Oweri. So I think in terms of identity, I would say that's what I, I would identify as. Uh, I'm the third child of five children. I grew up in a very 
people say close knit, but mine was kind of awkward because my older sister is seven years older than me. And my older brother is nine years older than me. So I didn't grow up with them. By the time I could remember, they were already in boarding school in England. So I grew up with my younger brother, Nato. And then I, we, our youngest, Chuma, is so young that he's like my son. So <laughs> we didn't grow up together, but we were very connected. I think we're very connected to my mom. She's kind of like the center, the nucleus of our family. Yeah. So that kind of made us connected because even if I didn't see my sister all the time because I was always with my mom I would know what's going on with my sister yeah my mom was kind of in the middle and she kind of was the glue that kept us together my household was very busy my mom's a very busy person and she never I had really bad asthma growing up so I was a very sickly child so I think that plus she was just really like obsessed with her children (laughs) never left us so because of that, my childhood was very different. I don't remember as many play dates as I remember going for meetings, waiting in the car while she took her PhD classes, or when she did her rural women programs and just being a lot. Those are my memories. I don't have that many play date memories. So, you know, and my dad was a business person. So my childhood memories is just very corporate, like yeah. being in one of their offices or being on the road with them, you know, but I remember school and then I went away to boarding school. So it's very, it's not, it, my childhood is, it wasn't boring. It was stable, but yes. exciting, you know, but it wasn't one of those, you know, oh my God, you know, we were just really, and then my mom was a politician. So mm-hmm. that also brought a lot of activity. So I just was in the adult crowd a lot. So my childhood is not one of those, you know, I did play in the sand, but maybe like once or twice. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's interesting, Samachi. And I know, you know, this is a whole separate conversation. You know, yeah. your mother is a little bit of a rock star, actually, right? Because to, you say, oh, my mother was in politics just very casually. Well, there's a little bit, a little bit more than that. Yeah. It's interesting because, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. I was going to ask you who's made the most significant impact. I don't want to say that it's your mother. It might be someone else, but I'm pretty sure that your mother has made a significant impact on your life, just being who she is, just me, just knowing what I know about your mother. So tell the audience a little bit about your mother. Tell us if I'm correct that she has made an impact. I think besides God, that's, that's my everything. That's who defines me. I have been connected to her all my life. Watching her go through life, you know, when you're young, and I think that goes for a lot of people, we really don't know our parents because we really can't make sense of what's going on. But I think as you get older and, you know, you become an adult, you're like, well, damn, that's amazing, you know? So my mom never had a dull moment. Never, ever in my life have I seen her like, hey, what should we do today? (laughs) You know, and I met my mom, she had been in her 30s, and now she's in her 70s, and nothing has changed, you know? And so... I, she's been, she was, when I was born, she was already in politics. So like I said, I remember politics. I've been going for rallies since maybe about five. <laughs> I've been going for political rallies for like all my life mm-hmm. at sitting in meetings. And I think for some reason, I just got interested in it. So it wasn't like she was dragging me along. I would be like, can I follow you to your meeting? Yeah. And she'd be like, it's for adults. And I'll just wait outside, you know? So I just listen. And I was always intrigued by the conversations. I always liked adult conversations. Funny enough. So, yeah, so I grew up with her, you know, being an activist, being a politician. And then 
she had positions when I was young, um, state positions. But I think I, by the time I got to college, she became a minister and then an ambassador, then a woman leader. And I think it was her being PDP's woman leader. I think that was the role I worked with closest. Like I worked with her because I was older. And I remember she would come back and she would tell me about her meetings. And you know how we all want Nigeria to be better. And I'll be like, but why didn't this happen? And this and that. But why can't they do this? And she was like, no, 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 no. Not for you to be in the house here to be talking. <laughs> Let's go to the meeting. When yes. we reach there, you'll you know express yourself. And I was like, me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> express. And she would and she would take me to meetings and she would like say what you have to say. I'm like, no, I'm shy. She was like, well, then you keep quiet, right? Mm. You either speak out yes. or you don't speak at all. I love it. And that was very defining for me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when people have political conversations, I'm like, it's not on this WhatsApp group that you reach in Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go. That's how I learned, you know, you have to express yourself, you know, and not just be behind the scenes. So I worked with her. We started something called PDPE Women, where we mobilized thousands of women across Nigeria, young women you know, and, you know, got them involved in politics. And many of them are doing great things in politics and beyond now. So, yeah, my mom is that person. She's my mom, but anyone who meets her, she's beyond that. She's she's a great mentor. Like, you spend five minutes with her and she will challenge you to be more and do more. You know, when I was young, I felt overwhelmed by it. Almost like, can you just let me be? But I'm so grateful that she's that force, you know? So every time I feel like I've achieved something, she'll be like, oh, that's great. You know, you can do it this way. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm grateful because where I am is is really the grace of God. And just having someone like her telling you constantly, you can do it. She told me, there's nothing you can't do. You know, once I had her on the phone talking to somebody and she was talking about me and then how I could be minister of education. When she got on the phone, I was like, me? She's like, those people that do it, do they have two heads? Why can't you do it? And I, you know, so it helped me demystify so many things, you know, that we tell ourselves we can't do it, we're too small or we're not qualified. But once you have that vision and drive, what you can do, you hire someone to support you in that area. And that really helped me from parenting, to schoolwork, to, you know, even my professional career, there are very few things that I think I can't do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so, it's so amazing how you you call out what we already know. Not everyone had a mother who was a finance minister or Mm -hmm. minister for aviation and did all these amazing things, but you're speaking to when I talk to a lot of guests and who defines them, it's like from a very young age, you know, someone telling them what they can do, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in some cases, it's what they can't, which has a negative impact. But in your case, your mother being such an amazing person, and I can see that you're very much your mother's daughter. From what I know, you're gregarious, confident. It yeah. wasn't intentional. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. intentional yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think... That's a key thing with parenting is the seeds we sow. Yes. Honestly, I woke up one morning and I just felt like I was literally copying her life. If I, at some point I started feeling like, do you have a life of your own? So even from the children's book, she's wrote children's book. Education, teach, well, I'm not a teacher, but I'm an educator. So I train teachers. My mom was a teacher. The NGOs, the the impact, just a lot of things she did. Even my doctorate, I find even her dissertation is almost the same. 
like, so why are you choosing this woman? <laughs> it was never intentional, but I yeah. think just shadowing her for so long formed who I am. I got, my first degree was in gender, in women's studies and econ, and my master's was in gender before I switched to education. And it, I didn't do it wanting to be like her. I just had goals, but come to find out that those aligned with everything she was. So yes, so I call myself, her title is Igolo Junior. And I call myself Igolo Junior, but my senior sister has warned me that I should respect myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm cutting myself down now. Oh, no, no, no. That's okay. You know, you talked about being very much like your mother, which is an amazing thing, I think. But tell the audience, first of all, start off how you would describe yourself, right? Because the audience don't know your mother like I do or like you mm-hmm. do, obviously. Talk about your how you describe yourself and then maybe segue into what it is you do, because we'd love to talk about that before we talk about other stuff that you've been doing. So exciting. OK, well, I would say to define myself. You know, I thought of, this is the one thing I thought about before I got on this show is. I am happiness. It's a big thing for me, you know, me and happiness are five and six, you know, happiness, joy. And that defines me. And that's that has been my defining quality for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll kind of kind of go off track and then I'll circle it right back. I got married very young, mm-hmm. 21. If I say anybody 21 that wants to marry now, I will knock your head. Yeah. <laughs> I was on a fast track in life, you know, just everything, just fast, 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 fast. Not I didn't really think through things. But I got married at 21. And by the time I was 30, I had four kids, four boys. And then right after my fourth boy, I got divorced. And there I was, you know, this single mom with four boys and, you know, just, it was just like all these things happening. I just was in this tornado for a couple of years and it took me everything I am. It took me everything in me, everything I know, everything, my faith and life to come out of that tornado. And when I came out and I saw what it was to be happy again, I decided that 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 was what was going to define me. So as a person so much, if you meet me and you don't feel that happiness, then just know it's not me you met. It's it's a clone or something, you know, because I just, you know, certain experiences will make you want more out of life. And so that's my defining quality. And then outside that, impact is something that's very important to me. Impact. Anywhere I find myself, even if I'm picking the paper on the floor, you know, I believe that I have to make people, situations, spaces better. And that's another thing that defines me. I don't believe in, you know, a lot of times people talk about soft life and all those things and they are nice, but it's not really for me. I just want, I just like to improve things. And I like to make things better. I like to make people happier. I like to people to know that they can do more. And if I throw that into my career, I started off, well, I started off wanting to do an, start an NGO to empower women. And then my mom was like, you have to have the money to empower the women. Or you want to be one of those people that will start NGOs. <laughs> then you got to start begging people <laughs> for money. She's like, you know, if you want to improve the world or you want to make an impact, you use your money first, then other people will support you. So you kind of killed that idea. So I went into development and I was working in international development 
And the way it works, especially from the U.S. side, you know, and this is really government contracting kind of, you know, disillusion. I was I didn't feel comfortable with it because, you know, you'll hear, oh, they have given 300 million to end malaria in West Africa. But by the time they go through all the bureaucracy and the protocols, not that money actually gets to the people. So I was like, nah, this is not for me. And so I left and then I went into education and I've worked in different things. I've worked in universities. I've worked in agencies in Nigeria. When I lived in Nigeria, I actually had an after-school center for children and teacher training as well. And then now I'm a curriculum director for a training agency here in Maryland. And I design professional development training IT training, soft skills, project management, name it, and I can design it. And so, and the way I do it now is I'm really into adult education and how to make learning impactful and relevant. That's my big thing. You know, when you ask a working person to come and sit in a class for eight hours, it should make sense. (laughs) You know, they're busy and the knowledge you give them should be what they can use the very next morning. At a certain age, you don't have time for knowledge for the sake of it. You know, it has to be relevant and impactful. So that's my thing with designing curriculum relevance, and it has to be impactful in their lives. So wherever I, and when I say this, I'm sure when my friends listen to this podcast, they'll be laughing. They're like, I ain't going to pretend like that's the only thing you do. Yeah, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That's the core of what I do. I'm an educator, guys. That's what Mm -hmm. I do. But Mm -hmm. along, you know, on the side, I'm a consultant as well. I help with teacher development. I run programs for children. I mentor young people. Um, But I think it is all within that education space of equipping people with tools and skills to be the best version of themselves. I love it. I love it. And you know, it's funny how you mentioned impact because impact is one of my core values. We talk to us about the books. You're an author. So talk to us about the children's books. Children's books. <laughs> Again, I don't know how I started writing children's books, but no. So you know what happened during the, or before the pandemic, really, you know, social media, you know how you have, you see some sensational story, you know, but even more sensational than the story of the comments and the comments will be mean. Oh my goodness. They would be so horrible. And I've been a victim of comments on social media with my divorce. You know, people would, people that don't even know you would just be writing really hurtful things about wow. you. And you'd just be reading. So whether it's Harry and Megan or what are all the trending stories in Nigeria? One celebrity, yeah. marriage, or even just someone that achieves something. There'll always be people in the comments like, you know, coming after you and your personality or your looks, you know, things that don't even make any sense. And that really bothered me, you know, because I try to see the best in people all the time. And I asked myself, like, why do people, why, what makes people like this? Didn't anyone teach them how to be kind, how to be empathetic, how to be loving? And that's how my children's books came about. My children's books basically teach people how to be kind, how to be caring, how to be good people. And I think a lot of times because parents, you know, we we, we rely so much on education that we forget what really matters in the world. You know, your child is great in math. That's good. Great writer. 
awesome. You know, they do the write the best essays. That's amazing. But are they good people? Are they kind? Are they respectful? And so that's how I started writing children's books. And the books are after the characters in the book are my my younger brother's children. I'm obsessed with them. I love them so much. They're my kids. And my sister law just she just happened to have them for them. So the characters are his three kids. But so yeah, that's what my books do. They teach people not to bully, to be nice. So I have one where a little girl had a birthday party and one of the kids won a wheelchair. So they had to basically turn it. You know, all the party games don't really are not really inclusive. So they had to change the game so that the little girl in the wheelchair could be part of the party. You know, there's another one where a little boy moved into a new, he went to move to a new city and he went to play ball and they didn't want to make new friends. So it teaches kids how to make new friends. And then the third one is, you know, again, in school, a little boy was bullying someone else and, you know, someone stood up for the person. So, and then the activities at the end of the book, and I just think it's important, and I work with children, and I think these are conversations that need to start early, as early as kids can communicate. So we shouldn't be teaching kids to be kind when they're teenagers. It's kind of late. From when they're young, when they're in preschool, and they're, you know, into the circle time and activities where they're in groups, I think it's important that they have that conversation. So that's how I started writing children books. And then I have my next set of books is something I'm also passionate about is teaching kids to be leaders, which is another issue. Of course, you know, everyone knows we're being Nigerian, the craziness that happened in Nigeria recently with leadership. And everyone is so upset. But I believe in root causes. A lot of times we look at problems from a very high level. Let's, let, let's go back. Is anyone actually teaching people how to be good leaders, how to be good followers? You know, my aunt always says common sense is not common. And I noticed that with the Nigerian curriculum and the the American curriculum. Mm -hmm. You know, the American curriculum really teaches you how to be a patriotic citizen. They have a way of infusing it right from preschool. Yeah. And our curriculum is really strong on academics. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need more content that start teaching kids about, you know, leadership values. Mm. What kind of leader should you be? Let them start thinking about it because we have a lot of accidental leaders. Yes. You know, and accidental leaders are not prepared. People like Mm -hmm. to believe that, you know, everyone comes with bad intentions. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they do sometimes, but sometimes people are actually clueless. So that's a big thing for me. So I have a book coming out about teaching kids to be leaders and another one about entrepreneurship as well. Mm. You know, because these are things that I think kids should have. You know, when I moved to America at 16, I moved, I got got into New York on a Monday or Tuesday. I was working by the Friday and I've been working and making money since then. And I think there's also conversations that we should be having with our kids. Back home, it's only when your parents don't have money, you start working early. Your parents' money has nothing to do with you where you're going to. You know, kids should know how to work make money, appreciate money and all that. So the next set of books would be on those. You're teaching kids to be kind, which is so important, but you're also teaching them life skills to be leaders because a dollar earned is a dollar valued. If you have to Mm -hmm. earn it versus daddy gave it to me, it has a different value, believe me. So I I love it. I love it. And and I was going to ask you what you feel like the impact will be, but the impact is in the books, right? We're, we're creating the leaders of tomorrow, which we need to do. I think, I think there's a huge gap between 
the leaders that are coming up and us, right? We have mm-hmm. all this life. Well, I'm a little bit older than you, but my generation has all this life experience and so does yours. But then yeah. I feel like there's a gap between the values and education and experience we have versus the next. Definitely. So this is awesome that you're helping to bridge that gap. It's fantastic. So talk to us because you've talked to us a lot and you're you're so busy and you're doing so many things and you're living out your core value of impact, which is amazing. Talk to us about your definition of a successful life. I'd love to hear what you believe a successful life is. <laughs> I would say the contentment. Oh no, Antigochi contentment. Yeah. You know, you just have to be, you have to appreciate how far God has brought you. Mm. And that's what's successful. It's not, and you have to define it for yourself, right? Because our life journey is really crucial. You know, people are, people are, people are pursuing different things. Everyone's pursuit in life is different. But if you don't have that contentment, you will pursue literally to your grave, you know? And my older sister once told me, you know, obviously when you're raising kids by yourself and you're single, people make you feel incomplete. So for a long time, I felt incomplete. I felt like, oh, something was missing. Cause you know, you would go for a party. People were like, help. All you need is one fine man to complete this thing. You know, again, I was young. And so I used to believe those things. And then someone would say, maybe if they can just, they would just, maybe your husband would just have a house. You people would just stay. You know, there was always something. They would just be like, even when they tell you, oh, you're beautiful, all you need is, and I'm like, yeah. all you need is, no. all, you know, they'll see myself like, ah, oh, these boys are good, if only. No. And, you know, so culturally, they, they would make you feel incomplete. So for a long time, I struggled with that. But you know, when you have a relationship with God, he'll 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 answer the people that stress you out. Yeah. And so yeah. He, he gave me a tool, and that tool was contentment. He taught me mm. how to appreciate what I have. So I have goals, and my goals are not to be more successful or to be richer or to own more. My goals are really just to impact more, right? Because as I am now. Yeah. I have my Toyota Highlander and it's nice. And when my kids are all grown and have their own cars, I'll get something smaller. But I'm not like, hey, God, let me just keep going, going. Maybe I'll buy a Range Rover. But no, 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 no. Because those things don't bring happiness. They don't. So for me, you're successful when you can appreciate where you are. It's not about material things. If you pursue material things, you're, you'll just, you'll waste your time for that. You're going to be happy. So contentment, that's, if you don't have contentment, I don't know how you're going to be successful. Yeah. You know, I don't know, because no matter what you achieve, yeah, there's somebody that will achieve double. Of course. Always. You know? Always. So even if now I, I start some business and I have $2 billion in my account, mm-hmm. Bill mm-hmm. Gates going to have 20 billion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Oprah's oh, going to yeah. have 50 billion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, so you, I've learned yeah. to appreciate. So I'm successful now. Mm-hmm. I was, in fact, I now even realized that when I was going through all my stress, I was successful too. You I were. just didn't know. So Any woman listening, girl, you are successful. Stop and breathe in. 
And you will see that what you have done. (laughs) Oh Mm. my goodness. So many people are trying to get there. Praying and fasting for. Mm -hmm. So just learn to be content Mm -hmm. with who you are, where you are, what you have. And you will see that you're already successful. I love because it. Because you achieved it. It's just you, that you just don't know yet. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. You, t- you mentioned your sons. You have four amazing young boys who are doing so well, so well behaved. So just you've done a fantastic job with your boys. You should be super proud. So, of course, there'll be people in the audience, married or divorced, single, whatever, mm-hmm. with kids who will be asking the same question. How do you balance it all? What advice would you give to people who are trying to balance the demands of... no balance. (laughs) no balance. No balance. Just understand. I think that's a myth, Mm -hmm. right? There's no Mm -hmm. balance. Just Mm -hmm. kind of just do it. Yeah. You do it all. One thing, again, I learned from my mentor, my mom, is there is no home professional, me time. I don't segment my life. It's all one. And so we do it all together. So that's my tool. If my son, like if I have, and that's one thing, when I go for interviews and I'm job hunting, I always tell them, I'm like, listen, I don't want a job that will make me separate my personal life from my work life. I need it to be together because that's how I survive. You know, if my child is off, I can bring him into the office to, you know, be with me. If I have a project, if I'm not able to do it on Wednesday, can I do it on Saturday morning? Because that's how, that's how I work. Right. So with my kids, they've always been part of my life. I'm part of their life is one big, one big mess, (laughs) one big mess. Right. (laughs) So they know what, even like, if my kids know what projects I'm working on, I know what project they're working on. We like, sometimes we'll align. The other day, my son is in an IB program. And I was working on my dissertation and he was like, oh, he's working on his paper too. But for some reason, <laughs> you think we're on the same page talking about, oh, let's, let's, let's review each other's papers. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like, sure, but God. yeah, so you kind of just have to do it because it's, it's getting harder and harder for me. Mm. And so my kids are getting much older. So I, I can't really take, I and mean, with work again, when you're, Senior management, you can't take that much time off. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I always have my laptop with me when I'm, I do school runs. I, I still do school runs. I, I It's a very special time where I get to bond with my younger two, my older two. Sometimes I just on FaceTime, you know, like this morning, obviously they went out last night because nobody has called me, <laughs> but usually they'll call on Saturday morning and they'll just be on FaceTime. I'll, yeah. We'll just be moving. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they'll just be part of, my day and yeah. I'll call them too and they'll be with their friends and I'll be on FaceTime too and I'll just with their friends. You you just have to find that balance because again that's how I grew up. Like I mentioned earlier when my mom was doing her doctorate, she would pick me and my younger brother Nato from school, university primary school. Then she'll drive to Nsuka and then she'll go into class and then she'll leave us in the car with banana. I love to tell the story banana, granite and cook. The cook was hot. <laughs> but Nathan and I would do our homework, eat a banana granite, and she would be in class. And when she's yeah. done, she'll come out and we'll drive back to Inugu. Well, and we'll drive yeah. back and we'll have dinner and go to bed, mm. you know. And when we're on holidays in the morning, everybody will get ready together. We'll go to her office. She'll be working. 
we'll, she'll give us paper, pen, we'll do all kinds of activities, whatever we can. Yeah, so you, you don't have to separate. But, you know, one thing I have realized, though, it's I think that a lot of people, so my children are my friends, and that's a big a big argument out there. Yeah, it your is. Children be your friends. Yeah. With my way, mm-hmm. my children are my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm their parent, but we're, I think our friendship actually comes before parenting. Mm, and that's just how our dynamic is. Interesting. And, you know, a lot of people don't agree with it, but the older my kids become, I appreciate it. I get you. Yeah. I definitely appreciate that friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard with our cultural background. Yeah. Grateful that I have the grace to be yes. friends with my, because you know that friends can be annoying. Mm-hmm. They can, <laughs> mm-hmm. Friends can be annoying, but, mm-hmm. you know, it gives me insight to their lives and what they do. And I'm learning to respect them, you know, even when they do nonsense, I'm I'm learning to let them do the nonsense. And then the parent part of me is just kind of, you know, around the corner yeah. to kind of just catch them before yeah. they fall. I love but it. We're friends. It. We're definitely, we're definitely friends. Like, you yeah. know, we're like, hey guy, what's up? And it's, it's, it's just the way it is. They'll be like, you know, they'll be like, bruh. And I'm like, yeah. bruh. The other day, yeah. son sent me something. He was like, oh, I'll do this. And I replied, bet. And he was like, mom. I was like, that's what you say, bet. So, hey. <laughs> And he just laughed, but now he's like, yeah. 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 And, you know, so we're, yeah. and, you know, I have boys as well. So yeah. we're, we're guys. No, we're it's guys, awesome. You know, it's great. And it's great. It's Sometimes I'll yell and shout and the mommy side will come out and they'll be like, yeah, we thought you were to be down. We thought you were to be down. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what happened to the friendship? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm like, if you try me, I will break it. <laughs> so those spots will come out, but for oh, most cool. times, I love it. Really helped yeah. me. Yeah, with yeah. everything else, you yeah, know, they yeah. accommodate me. I accommodate them, and you know, we've we've been through my boys and I. We've been through a really, a really overwhelming journey. We're probably still on it because it's not it's not easy for us. But you know, God has placed so many angels in our lives to make it easy, and you know, pull us through it. And I think our friendship is what if I was a mom and they were my kids. We may not have been as successful as we are today because so many things would have been missing. But, you know, even when you don't have, just imagine someone that even if you don't have parents, if you have a good friend, right, the friend can be all things. And so being their friend has really helped address some gaps that they may have, or I may have been there. It's a big thing for us to be there mm-hmm. for each other. For each other. And I call them my Delta yeah. Knights. I'm the queen of the Delta Knights. I love it. And so our friendship has been what has kept us together. Not the mother-son mm-hmm. relationship. No, it's mm-hmm. been our friendship. This is so heartwarming because you're a family, right? You're just a, fam- a tight family. Mm-hmm. And it's just, Very tight. And, and the warmth and the love is apparent. So, you know, well done to you for navigating that and well done to them for being such well-rounded boys. So you've done an all-round amazing job. So as we start to draw this to a close, if you can believe time just flies when you're having fun. There are a couple of questions I want to ask. Before I ask you the final question, I do, or the final two, I do want to ask how people can follow your journey, how they can find your books, how they can learn more about you, because you're not just going to disappear. No, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, how do we get your books? Because I want I want me some of those books for my nieces, my nephews. Oh, my, thank you, know. you. My book's on Amazon, mm-hmm. but Instagram is really where 
I think you will get the essence of me. Okay. And in the link link in my bio, mm-hmm. it'll take you to my Amazon page and you can get my books there. Okay. It'll tell me, I didn't get to talk about my book club. It'll tell you about my book club as well for women who love to read. Yeah. This year is our 10th anniversary, 10 years Fantastic. of reading. And we're almost 150 members across the world. Wow. So, yeah, professional so, so women. do you read just fiction or nonfiction as well? We read all kinds of things. Okay, I got to join them. Oh, we read everything. So every month we get to pick a book. I have to join And we them. read, and it's it's been amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, this year is our 10th anniversary. So yeah, so my Instagram tells you about my educational consultancy, The Learning Box. It tells you about my children's books. It tells you about my book club. And you get to know about me. You get to know that I'm someone that, like I told you <laughs> in the beginning, happiness. Yeah. If you want to be happy, if you want to laugh, you want to smile, come to my page. I love you it. see me just doing all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. And I'll you make, know. of course, I'll make your Instagram handle available in the show notes. So please, please follow Suma. She's amazing. So as we round up, is there anything I should have asked you that I did not? What's next? Talk to us. Everybody pray for me. I'm currently okay. writing my dissertation. I just got back from Uganda. My my dissertation is on designing effective online professional development for teachers in rural communities. And through my university, Marymount University, I've been remotely training teachers in a school that they support in Bududa, Uganda. Yeah, Bududa, Uganda. And so for my dissertation, I decided to actually get to meet the teachers and kind of find out what's working, what's not. Because once I get a working formula, a working protocol, just think of all the teachers that I can train right here from Gatorsburg, Maryland. So that's my dissertation. I just got back from Uganda doing that. My journey is on my Instagram if you're interested. And so I'm hoping to finish my dissertation this summer Mm. and then graduate Mm. and then Dr. Lowe's. Mm. And once I have that, I think I'll be able to There's so many other projects that I want to do. I really want to make education more accessible to people and make teachers. A lot of people leave in the teaching profession. So I want to be able to support teachers and especially in, I always start in Nigeria, charity begins at home. I believe Africa is the future. So a lot of what I do is channeled to back home. So I really want to start building capacity in those schools. Because let's face it, if our school system is crap, our leadership will be crap. Our development will be crap. You know, education is the core. And once you have students and teachers getting quality education, it's only a matter of time. I went, the village I went to in Uganda, it was a village. It's not even like our village. Like, it's not even like Emikuku. Emikuku is like Dubai. It's like, it was like really a village. Quality of education that those kids are getting. In 10 years, that will be a city. Amazing. Because now the kids have started graduating from college. They are giving back. Once people have quality education, it's only a matter of time. And the difference will be, you will see the difference. So I I really want to start doing that in some of our communities across Nigeria. So that's really what's next for me is graduating. Let me just graduate and start some of these projects. Be more available to support people who need the help. 
Yeah, and we will be here cheering you along and thank you <laughs> having your happiness and contentment rub off on us. This has been yes. So, and do they say chop life? Don't life don't chop, let, chop life. life. Don't let life chop, chop you. you. So I life will never it. chop us. God, I grace love it. I love forever it. be sufficient for Amen. us. If you're listening. Mm. Anything you're going through right now is temporary. Mm. You know, just close your eyes and think about all the other challenges you overcame. Yes. So why is it this one that you won't? Yes. You know, there's yes. a hymn there's a hymn that goes from victory to victory, and that's what I tell myself. The God I worship, we only go from victory to victory, and yeah. the only time we should panic, we should be sad, we should be depressed, is when we feel we're disconnected with God, when we feel like. We've looked for his trouble. He's not answering our phone call. That's when you should have a problem. But as long as you wake up and you're praying and you're connected with him and you and the Holy Spirit are still still buddies, still, you know, you're still guys. Don't worry. It's only a matter of time. Rejection is, re- is redirection. Denial is, re- is redirection. Every other thing is all working together. Every time I have cried all night, everything that has made me sad or depressed, when I look back, if that thing didn't happen, I won't be where I am today. All the horrible, terrible things that happened to us. The reason it looks so bad is because of our linear vision, because we can only see but so much. But if only we even tried to have God's sight, we'll see that in the bigger picture, everything works out and we'll always be victorious. Amazing last words. This has been such a heartwarming discussion. So joyful and full of warmth. I love it. Thank you so much, Sama, for gracing us with your happy, content presence. We're thank so you. grateful. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Oh, you it's are been welcome. a pleasure. And God <laughs> bless you and the work you do. I listened to a couple of your podcasts and why I love it so much is that what impacts is not always on the stage. It's in the day-to-day. And you say that a lot. It's in the day-to-day lives of women. Just seeing how other people are able to navigate, you learn, right? And so when people listen to your podcast and they're listening to all the diverse characters and people you have, it's not like, it's not Oprah that they're listening to, but they're mm-hmm. listening to everyday people and yeah. that's relatable. So, because yes. sometimes when you listen to these big people, you're like, ah, maybe mm. when I get, um, when I move to Hollywood, then I'll be able to, <laughs> yeah. you know, but when you listen to someone who lives in Germantown or in Bowie and they're working nine to five and they have kids in public school, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I can do this that's too. me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where it. the power of mankind is, is in our day-to-day interactions. So thank you so much for this platform where we get to see, learn, and, you know, get tools to be better. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. What was your main takeaway from this episode? What did you like? What, in your opinion, are some ways that we could improve? I want to hear from you. You can reach me at ugochi at fiercemothers.com. To learn more about Fierce Mothers, please visit our website at fiercemothers.com and join our mailing list for our weekly newsletter. 
The newsletter provides powerful tips and inspiration for life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Fierce Mothers. Follow me on LinkedIn at Ugochi Onyewu. We are building an engaged community of Fierce Mothers, so please tell your friends about the show. See you next week. Thank you.